He's John Ryan. He's Jonathan Prince. And we are... Who are we, mate? Who are we? Who are we? Brutally Johnist. Big up. That's us. What are you saying? You good? Oh, awkwardness. No, I'm good, man. I'm very good. Um, gyms are back open. It's what, what day is it today? It's the... Uh, what? what is this t-shirt you're wearing? What's all about? So it's the 11th of May. What's going on? This t-shirt is um, Keith Haring. He was a um, very famous artist. Very famed for the speed of his work. Um, and he used to I do this see that. <laughs> um, yeah, he I also know. died of a HIV. Um, I've got to bring me down. Make me look a fool. Already. No, look, back, in, back in the day, innit, when like, HIV drugs weren't so good. and It was a lot harsher for the, the communities that were more... In the face of HIV, right? Already a good guy, bad guy routine. Straight into it. Follow <laughs> straight into it, man. So Keith Harry. In the comments man. box, people who can get a it's that white bloke again, man. He can't help himself. <laughs> um, yeah, Keith Harring, man, just like is uh, check out his stuff. That's Keith K-E-I-T-H-H-A-R-R-I-N-G. Keith Harring. Oh, is that the one with Orville? I wish I could fly way up to the sky, but I can't. That one. I don't, I don't know what you're about. Too, Keith Harris. Just Keith Harris. For that, bro. Forget that. <laughs> you know he was raised on it in Snorbins. In Snorbins, isn't it? I weren't raised in Snorbins. I was raised in Kettering. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and Corby, I suppose, yeah. God, I mean, me and my T-shirts, it's brilliant. I've got 10 of these. And some days, I've got the first, same one on five days, as you don't even know. So basically, years ago, Uniqlo, which is like a company, I'm not branding this, like, but they're a Japanese uh, clothing company. Don't really do labels and that. Like relatively cheap stuff. So each T-shirt was a tenner, and they did a thousand artists doing a thousand T-shirts, but they were mad limited edition. So I managed to get a few, and Keith Haring did five, and I managed to get three of them. So I thought so I'd break this beat, out. Beat thousands. That was like winning the lottery, wasn't it? Um, no, I just got a mate who worked next door to the shop to go in early for me. And is it because you found the bottom of your drawer, or do you rotate your T-shirt? If you go in there, my missus would have a few words about that. She reckons I've got way too many T-shirts. I probably have way too many T-shirts, mate. Mine, I wear it, it gets washed, goes back on the top, I take it off the top, I wear it, it goes back on the top, take it off the top, <laughs> yeah, I wear I'll... it, back on the top. My missus would say that's what happens, but I, I, I'd like to think I'll rotate them. No, I like to have that air of mystery of my park T-shirts. Like, While we've gone there, and I've, I've mentioned, <laughs> mentioned my missus a couple of times, um, like she's not the jealous type, do you know what I mean? Like... Really? But yesterday, yeah. What happened? Yesterday, there was a program came on, and the program, just to set it up for the people who might not know, um, there is a, a cook, um, a famous chef. I suppose she's more of a journalist, but she's also a chef. She she cooks, and she has her own cooking program. Um, and last night I realised, I don't know how I haven't realised this before, but last night I realised the program is slightly for a cooking program, like sexualised. Do you know what I mean? And the person's name is Nigella. Mate, Lawson. No, Jenna Lawson is hot as mate. Right. She's sexy and all the when rest. When the program it. come on yesterday, I felt like Woo! from the reaction of my missus, I felt like I'd just put a porno on, like just sat there and put a porno on. Well, you could, you could actually. I, I'd have pro- she'd have probably been less vexed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, yeah, I didn't realise how sexualised it was until until I saw the the ache that my missus what? was having. So she's like making the long sausage rolls and you're doing Hammered, she's my kind of cook, mate. She's hot as me. And I know I'm not objectifying or sexualizing, blah, 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 Or bloke, I get these feelings. The sun is shining. I get fruity. I know I mustn't act on it, but Nigella, she's one of my three. Mate, you've gone there. You've said the sun is shining. So 
um, tune of the week for me. Uh, before the show, I couldn't really think of a tune. Then I thought, hold on, wait there. Wait there, I know this guy. Just to let you know, the track is called The Deepest Cut. But it kind of sounds like the beef is cooked, the jeep is cut. I'm just going to play a couple more seconds for you. And because the sunshine's come out, um, I'm feeling it. I'll explain a bit more about it. But... Smell around here like season for rut me give our. Step off a plane, see gallow on deepest cut. I tell go make a gal pum pum snap. Smell round here like season for rut me give her. Right, so the lyrics are disgusting, right? I can Just see go back to the bit about the pum pum snapping. <laughs> right. So oh, um, this track, McCartney, is it? Big shout goes out to the chef, uh, Mark Sheridan, like, who made the beat. Um, and he kind of discarded it because he makes hip-hop beats uh, and didn't right. doesn't make house beats. So he was like, oh, I don't really like this and discarded it. Gave it why, to me. Why said, the you, chef? Is that is that his street name is that his that's his that's just his he cooks up beats isn't it and is your missus all right with you having the chef but not nigella so sexy <laughs> i didn't even see that connection right there it's a, cook, it's a cooking thing with her you want to sort it out, mate. Sort <laughs> out you know. so um yeah he gave me the beat i went to uh work with um another studio on like making the beat what you hear there and just put some lyrics to it and um the track bangs like it absolutely bangs especially in the sunshine so i'll put it in the comments have a listen but the track is a banger. The deepest. And if cut. someone, if someone wanted, if someone's getting married, would you be happy to think of that as their first? Well, part? it doesn't sound like when you hear it and you don't know what the lyrics are. It doesn't really sound too bad, right? And why are those lyrics? What would you go to that though? I mean, it doesn't sound bad. It just sounds like poppy. What inspired you? What motivated you to write about breaking pom poms? Um. <laughs> so. What okay, I'm going to explain what the track... I'm going to explain. Please, let me, let me... Hang on. Make some notes here. So, in the Caribbean lingo, a track could be cast as... It could be called a cut. Like, so one cut of um, many rivers to cross could be done at Studio One. And that would have a particular sound. And then you could have one cut of many rivers to cross done at um, uh, Island Records. And different set of people playing the beats and that. And it'd have a different feel to it. So one man might like track B. One man might like track A. And one man yeah. would say, oh, I like... The, the A cut and someone would go no I like cut B do you know what I mean I'm not feeling the A cut and they'd say cut B is the deepest isn't it that's the deepest cut you understand I've got it but many rivers across I don't remember anyone many rivers across and pum pum can get smashed well then there's another there's another there's another Another well, use for the word cut, right? Like an idiom, maybe. I don't know. No, we know about the cut. We get with the cut. Just go back to smashing up the pom poms. <laughs> so, like, step off, step off a plane. See gal who want deepest cut. Okay. I tell guan meka gal pom pom snap. Smell yeah, around sounds... here like season okay. for rut. Migivar the deepest cut. Right, so it's dread, right? It's dread, but it sounds so nice. It sounds, sounds like so advocating nice. violence to women there. It's like this is a new me now. I'm changed. Look, I'm making notes. I'm making notes. I've changed. <laughs> Do you know though? There's certain tracks, aren't there? Yeah. That like the reason why I wrote it is because there's certain tracks that are like really harsh, for example, to women, and then not not that right, or really harsh to let's say I don't know, whatever, and people will love the track without realizing. That it's yeah. saying harsh things towards them, and they'll kind of sing along, like um, I don't know, like we don't love them hoes, and you'll have like 
people who would hate being objectified and called a hoe, right? But in the club, loving off that lyric and singing it out hard. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't yeah, think look, of a good example. Like school playground singing. Hate do, do you know what I, I mean? Like, like yeah. I can't, I can't think of one. I mean, I can think of the opposite. Like TLC did a track, No Scrubs in it, right? And there'd be yeah. certain blokes at the time who would be scrubs, considered scrubs as the track kind of describes a scrub as being someone who is a bit of a waste man, right? And it'd be yeah. waste man loving off the tune and singing it. But I think there's a lot more of that in reverse, gender-wise, like as in many more tracks where men will be saying certain. I can't think of an example, man. It's hard, isn't it? I can't think of an example on the spot. Well, if anyone can think of any examples, maybe they could put it in the comment box. Put it in the comments. And maybe yeah. they could suggest some nice topics for Jonathan to write songs about. <laughs> like sourdough bread. You could write about that. You could have a lovely, lovely little song. <laughs> a lovely little ditty that we could play at a wedding, perhaps, or a funeral. It sounds so nice, though. The deepest cold. Yeah. I mean, it sounds all like nice. Yeah, apart from the bit about smashing up the pool pool. That's like... <laughs> I don't know. Personally, I think some things are special and should be honoured and revered, not smashed up for a, for a, a sing-along. I was a bit younger coach. when I wrote that track, isn't it? But like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I would hope so. Because you go through tough times on the streets of Kittering. In Addy Ghetto. In Addy Ghetto. I was in the, the St. Torben's Ghetto at the time when I read that. Snorbins, Snorbins. Snorbins. Snorbins, yes. Yes. So, um, well, let's move along. Let's move along. It's just... Forget that ever happened. Uh, I'm going to play you a proper tune, mate. I've been painting today, and I've been listening to a bit of Leroy Gibbs. Okay, Leroy oh, yeah. Gibbs. He's the yodeling reggae man. Yodel reggae. Oh, no, yodeling reggae. Mate, yodeling and reggae. Reggae, you've got sunshine, you've got the beach. Yodeling, you've got mountains. And well, I'm somewhere between the two. That's my tune, mate. That's my tune of the week, guys. <laughs> that is... I don't even know what to say, man. Is he wearing... Nothing gets smashed in that one. In... Hear that. Nothing gets <laughs> rock at all. In the cover of that track, I'm hoping that he's wearing a hat, like a hat. A ski, ski jacket and like, Something, yeah. ski sticks. But a ski jacket and a cowboy hat, so it's as random as the track is. That's not random. That's, there's, there's actually a vein, a tradition. Is there? Obviously, there's different cuts of yodeling uh, <laughs> reggae. <laughs> different, I like that version. And the yodeling uh, one is the deepest cut, right? Yeah. Yodeling one. Yes, mate. Yes. See, but it's all about different types of music. It's about educating your palate, opening your kind of tastes. Just putting it out there, I can't think of a particular track, but it's got to be a Drake track where he's kind of saying something like derogatory towards women, but then all women will sing it like, oh, he's talking to me. But if he was talking to you, he'd be saying some derogatory shit about you. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm sure that when your missus hears that track, she's going to go, it's my pom-pom he wants to break and cut. <laughs> the next time you go get off that plane in Warsaw, mate, there's going to be a whole Karavinsky family waiting for you. <laughs> Last Big episode, we sticks. spoke about something. I'm moving on from you. I'm moving well, on, right? Last well, episode, you charge? we spoke well, about, you said, we, we spoke about the volcano in um, St. Vincent. Thank you all, yes, to all the people that have donated um, and sent foods and barrels um, of, of stuff. And uh, big big up to like Jamie's in Kettering. Um, like it's a butcher and like he does enough things and he's kind of like almost like a B&M sort of store. You know, like them stores that sell like sweets and all them sort of things and tins of food. 
he sent a whole heap of stuff so good on him as well um but we spoke about the name of the volcano and you said the name of the volcano in montserrat and you said Sufre, and i thought that's weird because the one in st vincent's called la Sufre, um and you said oh they just like just name things like they, they weren't really kind with what they were naming it they just named it something and then if there was another one they named it the same thing it weren't special to them right the people who named it and um, it turns out it's french for sulfur outlet you waited two weeks to tell me that i have you you could have texted me that straight after we recorded <laughs> i could have done that by the way i mean sulfur outlet what was the other what was the other thing we talked about in the last show we spoke in the last show about um yeah. whether about my thoughts that like put the phone class down. You're putting that down, mate. In it, in it. Class does not class. affect me. Yeah. Positively or negatively. Because I'm black. In England. And class really only works in England, but I just have to, in in the UK, sorry, in the UK. Let me correct myself. So because I'm in the UK and true sound black, I don't think that class affects me in any way. So people could say to me about, oh, you are this class or that class because you might be educated. Or then when I walk outside, the education goes because I'm wearing tracksuit bottoms and I'm, I'm just a black man wearing tracksuit bottoms. I'm not like... But why why does your tracksuit bottoms give away what your class is? I'm not saying that it does, but this is what we were talking about in the last show, right? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 made, it did make me think because I've got a lot of friends who've done very well who are from Afro-Caribbean backgrounds. Um, they are property owners. They are, they, some of them got shares, some of them got their own companies, their own businesses. And I spoke to them about it. And we decided that because it's not about being class, being middle class, really is about having generational wealth that's handed down. Being upper class is the same. So until you have generations of this, my mate's argument is that they can't, you can't have a black middle class so like the third generation when money's been passed on, passed on, passed on. And I think in what you've said there is very interesting because it kind of sides with what I'm saying, which is um, what you've just described there, the generational thing in middle class and upper class, I personally would believe only applies to the upper class generationally in that respect. Because if you okay. look at a white guy who, or someone who is like, yeah, a white guy, right? Um, who's like born into like maybe a, what you call working class, yeah, and they succeed, then they immediately become middle class and they reap the benefits thereof or have the harsh things thereof. So they might be at the football and mans are like kind of laughing at them because of something, because of them being a different class or whatever. I'm not saying the football's like that, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. They'll kind yeah. of suffer the good and the bad of that class thing. Whether their parents were rich or not, whether, I mean, look, you see people like, and I don't know, I can't pick them up now, but someone like Richard Branson, I'm not saying him, but certain people who were very successful white man ended up being very successful from a really non-successful, I wouldn't say not successful place, very happy place, but not like this idea of capitalist success. Pardon? That's entrepreneurial wealth though, isn't it? That's just someone who's got his finger out, put a bit of graft in. But indeed, I'm saying that entrepreneurial wealth for someone with white skin puts you in a different class to whatever, or into a class system, which I am not in, (laughs) is what I'm saying. Do you think, again, because I've, I've had a couple of conversations with people, and I, I, I believe it's something called imposter syndrome, where it's that feeling of you don't feel 
that you belong in that class or you don't acknowledge that class. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I feel like that's somewhat subjective in the respect that this is, I'm talking of an experience as opposed to, but what I think is from my experience, I'm not saying another black man has to think like me. If he thinks he's middle class and that, then all good, live your life. And if you think you're upper class or working class, live your life, enjoy it. But for me personally, from my experience, I, I'm not in that class system. It's not, a, um, oh, I would feel like an imposter to be in that class system because when I'm talking to people for whom it doesn't really matter about class, then I can always have them like high level, them conversations of levity, right? Levity of mind where you're interested in, you know what I mean? So it doesn't matter about colour of skin in that respect. But um, those situations where you would receive either good or bad from the class system, I don't feel I'm in it. I don't feel I would. But do, you, do you feel then that if you were described as middle class, do you think that would in some way negate your blackness? Oh, wow. Where did that come from? Um, that just popped into my head. I've no, because it's like the person who describes it, me as that, it doesn't yeah. change what my experience has been and what my... Is that own... how you feel? Do you feel you can be black and middle class? I don't think... I don't feel... Right. I suppose when you talk to an American about the class system, it's quite funny because they can't... They don't have a class system. So it's like, it's completely like they... I'm almost like them in that respect because they don't because it isn't doesn't apply to them they're not really too fussed to spend too much mind space on this whole thing they know it exists they know that yeah. it's a thing in England but like it doesn't affect them and if they went there they know say that they're coming here in their American do you get me like they're not like they're not and it's not just a black thing I don't think as I said to you in the last show I felt it was if you are not from here in I was born here my parents have been here for time do you know what I mean like I'm, I'm properly British. I'm not from anywhere else. I'm English. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But some people would see me as not English because of seeing me and thinking, well, now you're not white. You get me? And like what I'm saying is anyone who falls into that category of those people seeing them and saying, well, you're not British. I don't think they can. I don't think they suffered a positive or negative from the class system. But then are we then looking at blackness and Britishness as two separate identities? No, no, no. Because I'm British. I'm talking... When I, when I tried, what I was trying to explain there is back in the day, you used to have a thing that was foreign, right? People used to say foreign and foreign meant like you could have been Italian, you could have been Spanish, yeah, been, yeah. right? And it, it was like, you were all foreign, <laughs> like not even trying yeah. to, almost like BAME, yeah? Black and black Asian minority ethnics. Like, I'm not going to bother telling you what it is I'm talking about. I'm just going to put you in this group and that's you foreigners. And I'm saying all of those people that would fit into those groups, to me, in my opinion, don't suffer the good or the bad from the class system in the UK. But what about someone like Rishi Sunak or Priti Patel? They're non-white. They're clear. Surely they're middle class. Their parents are shopkeepers or whatever. Yeah, and, and, and what I'm saying is I don't feel that they would suffer the positive or the negative from the class system. If, for example, they suffered positive or negative, it might be because they've done all right and they've maybe when they walk into parliament, the guy opens the door for everybody. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing that he does for the people then when they walk in there. It's not because of the class, because of where you're at. I'm saying, I don't believe that they suffer any positive or negative from the class system. But so where I live, it's nice. We've got front gardens, back gardens, three wheelie bins. Some of us have got four. My little old lady next door, she's only got two. Don't judge me, you don't know. She don't need three bins, right? <laughs> but some of, some of my friends, black friends, they live around here, nice house, nice car, nice job. Their kids go to a nice school. They went to university. The kids will go to university. Will their kids be middle class? Or will their kids always be unable to join that group because of the colour of their skin? I mean, 
you can obviously be whatever you want to believe, whatever you believe you can be, right? So yeah, like, yeah. if I wanted to sit here and say to you, like, I mean, you see certain people who are like quite posh and want to hold on to their working class roots, whether black, white, Cuban, Asian, whatever, right? So they'll be talking on whatever television program, like, oh, and I'm mid and I'm working class, even though you see me wearing whatever I'm wearing, I'm working class and trying to like debate the fact of that. So anyone can be yeah. and perceive themselves of whatever they want to perceive themselves at. So if someone wants to strive to be upper class, I mean, man, even a black man can be white with cake soap nowadays. You get me? Like, end of the day, and I'm not supporting cake soap, but what I'm saying is you can be what you want to be. I just feel, sir, what, whatever I would feel I'm middle, upper, working class, any of them things, from when I walk into a pub when no one knows me, majority of people turn around and see a black man. They're not seeing a middle class man, a, a working class man. Uh, upper class man, and I could be dressed like any of them. Dickensian well, gent with a hat. A pub, do, they, do they see when I walk into a pub? Do people see middle class, working class, what? Well, no, nah, the walking into a pub is probably a stupid. No, thing no, no, to no, say no. Because, but you keep it. Yeah, I mean, depends what kind of pub, innit? I'm talking like the pubs where you walk in, it's silent because everyone knows each other. A proper pub. Do you know what I mean? It's silent not because you're black or white or whatever. It's silent because they they don't know you, and only people. I think outside of London, it's different. I think I like to think London's different. But it seems to me that um, there's this whole thing about what is blackness. And there's been, I think, especially since last summer with Black Lives Matter, and there's been quite a lot of conversations about it. Uh, I was talking to a mate last week who, he's a black guy, who was asking me, why don't I call myself English? So I'm not English, I'm not Irish, I'm not British. I'm, I'm somewhere between them. My, my Irishness, I put forward only so people don't think I am in some way white English and therefore have a, a, a view historically, economically and culturally now about certain things. So if I see a Union Jack or a Flag St. George, uh, I, I reject it. I don't see that as a positive thing. So it's funny you say that, right? Because I used to feel the same because I grew up in a time when it was like um, societies of people whom were groups of people, I suppose you'd probably call them terrorists now, but like their whole sole aim was to like beat up black people right that was their thing um so like having grown up in that time the, the the flag that you just spoke of was seen to me i used to see that flag and i used to feel fear yeah like be on my toes like i might have to run do you know what i mean like that's how i used to feel and then don't know what happened i, I maybe it transformed in my mind i maybe like time traveled it if you see one of the earlier shows like went back thought about it through time saw saw how it affected me in a different way and then um, yeah, I used to go on holiday and I'd always take, always wear an England shirt, always take at least one England shirt when I go on holiday, right? And there was two reasons. Number one reason was to not be that guy in the England shirt. Do you understand? So I'd be the guy in the England shirt, but I wouldn't be behaving like that guy in the England shirt. So it could kind of show that just because you're wearing this shirt don't mean that you're that guy. And then on the other side, sport England, mate. And I feel, and I'm, I'm English, do you get me? So I'd wear it. And my parents used to have ache about it. Not my dad so much, but my mum used to be like, like you're in the Caribbean, like, or you're in America, or wherever you're at, like, and you're wearing this England shirt, like, what's going on? I'm, I'm English, and she's like, but are you? And I'm, yeah. So it's what you feel you are, and I know so I'm English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know yeah. so I'm English because you drop me anywhere else, and I'm not at home, man. I'm not. It's not where I'm from. It's not. I see. I would never. I've never worn an English shirt, and I've never um, supported the England football team. I support the Ireland football team. I want England to do well because it's a country that I live in. But I don't feel in association with it on that level that you would presume because of how I look and sound, right? And then that comes back to 
we're all being judged. Obviously, not getting into this whole other area of like race and that, but just in terms of how we feel ourselves inside. My missus, very proud to be English, loves her queen, loves her country. But I don't feel that involvement because it's alien to me. Because when I was a kid, those things I associated with them, not not us. Right. It's how you define it. I had a conversation this afternoon with a friend. He's a white guy. And I was explaining to him how I should be voting conservative. I should, right? Because I'm a property owner, I'm a business owner. I've got stocks and shares. I've got a couple of degrees, right? I've got my four wheelie bins. But I could never vote conservative. And he was going, yeah, but why not? You, you are the natural voter for Tories. Come from an immigrant family, made good. You know what? It's because the conservatives, to me, are them. Are them. Two of my best friends are massive Tory voters, and I've got respect for them because I understand why they've chosen that. But for me, Tories are them. That goes with that flag, and that goes to my my core of my upbringing. And it's very well defined. So, Talking of which, right, any roots that are in any person, like you've just spoken of there, the core yeah. of your upbringing being necessarily opposite to what you're living now in the respect of like because because the, the, the things 100%. that you got to be grateful for yeah all them things that you described yeah, you got no. to be grateful for yeah. so yeah. there's two things there number one is like is the gratitude for the things of where you're at now despite who you vote for or whatever for me mental health wise and allowing yourself to be receptive and have opportunities and see them being mad gr- grateful for what you can be grateful for can be a good thing it's mental health week this week and i think we should talk about this stuff more than just mental health week but that's one thing but these are all things that affect us because mental health, right? It's about our identity, how we see ourselves, how others see us. Mental health is about how you think, how you feel, how you behave. And that is very much guided a lot of time by history. Indeed. Our personal histories. Indeed. But you can time travel that. You can go back upon that history, that personal history, like I just described to you with the St. George's flag. And you can, you don't have to be shackled to whatever your history has brought you to believe is what I'm saying. In the respect of it, the history it brought me to believe, I see the St. George's flag be on your toes. Inside me somewhere, every time I see that flag, I'm on my toes, bruv. I'm at least yeah. ready to to, to, to to be out of there, right? But it's not as, it's it's almost like subconscious now compared to before very, very, yeah, yeah, very yeah, conscious. That. Part that. of that's time, but part of it is going back and learning about it in a different way. Seeing the reaction I get from people when I'm that guy wearing the England shirt, but I'm not that guy because they're always often like, yeah, but yeah, but clearly you're not that guy. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, because you're black in it. And I'm like, no, but I'm English. And Do you mean? And it starts an interesting conversation. Whatever they happen to believe, it yeah, shows me as such that. again that like, I don't sit in that class system. Do you know what I mean? I suppose my appearance precedes kid, people's views upon me sometimes. Okay. When I was a kid, I was good enough to play cricket for the borough I wasn't I wasn't allowed because it was my dad's was an empire game I went to Cubs and for the best cub of the week or whatever you could go to church parade and carry the flag right but I wasn't allowed to because I wasn't allowed to carry the union jack so from a very early age it was always we and them and again going back to a conversation that I had with a mate of colour um, last week was about I think that in my experience of most of the black people that I know, they've always wanted to fit in and they've always given white people more than enough opportunities to allow them to fit in. But I've always felt left out, right? Let down. Whereas in our in the Irish community, 
again, a generalization, but everyone that I know feels this way. We wouldn't give them the opportunity to reject us. So our sense of self was very, very strong. And it's a much smaller community as well. So we had that much. So even Indeed, like. But when you say sense of self there, I've got to say, it's get, when you say sense of self there, the sense of self is associated with that sense of group. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, I'm trying yeah, to yeah. describe is that gratitude allows you to be receptive enough to learn about yourself, see why them roots are there and whether they actually align with you now and you're cool with that or whether they don't align with you now but you're going to follow them anyway and you're cool with that or they don't align with you now and you're going to decide to look at it in a different way. I'll give you a simple example of this. And I'm working at this every day, right? I'm not a genius yeah, in, it in any way. I'm working at this every day. Um, an example of this is when I, I, mean, I like reading, right? But I used to read a book and if I'm reading a book, then... It might make me think, all oh, right, I want to read this other book, but I've never stopped reading that book. Even if I've read that book five times, I'd like, and I'm on the sixth time, and then I go, oh, that's reminded me of this. I would read that book and finish it before I go and look at that and have to write a list and have this never ending list. And then I realized that was something I'd created in my own mind years and years ago when I probably wasn't into reading, right? Like, make sure you yeah. read the book, yeah? Don't just skit around, read the book to the finish. And then I'd allowed that to chain me into this box of, well, you can't expand your mind by reading the things that you have in your house even at hand because you've been interested in it because you've created this rule so I decided that's a load of rubbish and decided if you want to read two books at the same time three five books pick them up read them be interested yeah in yeah them. dip into it yeah dip into it. but what I'm I'll saying is that. I had to realize I'll about myself that I'd stupidly made a restrictive rule upon myself about reading books for no reason and being grateful for the fact that I've even got the books around me led me to believe actually just read them and I'm saying what can help with this sort of mindset for me is um, allowing your mind to rest, which is basically meditation, but it doesn't have to be as difficult as people talk of because people talk of meditation and they switch off in it because they're like, oh, that sounds like so yeah, hard. Yeah. And, right. I, I like ironing. I've spoken of this before. I know this T-shirt maybe don't look like it, but I like ironing. Yeah. When I'm ironing, I'm not thinking about nothing else. Single pointed fork. I'm ironing. Right. That's it. For however long I'm doing it for, I'm not thinking about what happened in the daytime what tunes on the Have you radio. still been ironing throughout lockdown? Did you iron all Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's more than just the clothes for me. It's about that space for your mind to just go. Yeah, yeah. See that. And when I you're, that. what I'm trying to say is when you're thinking about one thing only, which for me in that case is ironing, you're in a meditative state, right? Because you allow your mind to relax and stop thinking about everything else. If you think about walking all the time and not sleeping and giving your body time to relax and you're going to be achy and your mind's the same. So find something that you can do maybe that you don't really need to pay too much mind to. Might be doing a crossword. Whereas to me, that would be like, how could that be not paying mind to it? Sudoku. Yeah, that could be for someone. Sudoku, Sudoku, Sukada, Gugu, whatever you call it. CM Ting. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> for real. For real. Um, This is a random one, but I just wanted to point Go out. On. Random observation, bruv. Fragrance adverts, yeah. You've seen fragrance adverts, you know, like yeah, when yeah, Christmas yeah. comes and that, and they're selling like Christian Dior or whatever, right? The one thing they all have in common is they always have water around, which is ironic because the only time that you wouldn't put on any fragrance is when you're wet. Isn't it because fragrance, like eau de cologne, it's water, isn't it? The obit is water. There's me going French on you now. Yeah, but like you wouldn't put the fragrance on when you're wet. It's always really like diving like into the water, the ocean. Have you got loads of different types. But yeah, man, loads. I smell Chris. I smell absolutely Chris. You want to be sat you here like next to me right varieties. now? I, I, nah, I'm not going to go there, man, because I'm going to. Well, I'm going to say, man, I just wear oil based things because in one spray and it stays. 
I don't like the smell. I, it, like women's perfume, I think, yeah, okay, get it. But if you want to uh, attract me, get smell like a pie or a bag of chips. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Smell like that moment when, when your team scores a goal. That moment right there. But, like, we went um, Grand Canary once, and the plane was delayed, so she went into the uh, duty freaks and they did this little makeover thing, and I was standing there with her. And this girl was going, what do you think of this, sir? Do you like the smell of this? Got a bit of paper. I'll give it to me. I'm like, are you, is, are you selling polish? She goes, no, sir, that's not polish. That is Le Vien de la Trois. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't like it. Well, that's right. I said, we had a cat used to make a smell like that. We had to put down. This girl's determined to get me to smell something that I like the smell of. I'm not making this up. At which point, cue, someone spills on it, clean the car out of a mop on a bucket. I said, I like that. That What's that you got in there? And the woman goes, it's just some detergent. I went, there you go. A detergent. That's all I need. <laughs> smell a carbolic soap. Do you know what, right? When we're allowed around each other's houses, come round here. I'll give you a couple sprays, bruv. And you can sit there and, and hate yourself. Shabby, let me in. We can watch some Nigella together. Have a few beers. Watch Nigella. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what watch you're trying to insinuate there. But, but I'm not really comfortable with it. <laughs> so you're sitting in the corner. What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm a bit slow sometimes, bruv. But Never mind. There we go. Um, Good show. Well, I enjoyed it anyway. <coughs> oh, I'm glad you did. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's the main thing. It's all about you, isn't it? Exactly. Um, yeah, get people to put comments in the box if, uh, if they want to take us up on anything that we've mentioned. Indeed, put it in the comments. Uh, let us know how you're feeling about the show and thing. Um, big up John Pants, my bridging John Pants. That's a Niam who's been watching the show, commenting and stuff. That's um, a great name. It is a great name. I can't Jay Pants. Jay Pants. <laughs> Johnny Pants. Who was the bloke that film? Um, did he used to get called Johnny Farty Pants when he was a, when he was a kid, Joe Pants? Do you remember Johnny Farty Pants? I do. And he, um, so do yeah, do, but you would never, the way you're looking at me now is Johnny Pants like a huge it, bloke in the back of me. It's something like the older boys used to talk about like when I was, when I was yeah, in a pram. When he, was, when he was busy hiding from the Union Jack. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> perfect. Perfect on Jamie Oliver. <laughs> And on that note, he's John Ryan. He is Jonathan Prince. Um, we are brutally Johnny's. Big up, peeps. Step off the blazing.